Poised for Exit is a show for business owners who want to achieve a successful future exit based on their own terms. Your business exit will likely be the biggest financial transaction of your life, and for most, you'll have one shot at doing it right. The topic and guests we feature and the stories they share will provide valuable ideas and strategies to improve operations and grow enterprise value so you can achieve the best possible exit outcome. Now here's your host, Julie Keys. Welcome, everybody, to Poised for Exit, the podcast show for business owners. Today, we're interviewing a woman entrepreneur who founded a growing business consulting firm. And our topic today is super timely. We're going to be talking about building company culture. But before we meet her, let's hear from our show sponsors, Sunbelt Business Advisors and Baker Tilly. At advisory and accounting firm Baker Tilly, we serve as value architects to help companies enhance and protect their value as they prepare to exit their business. Our team utilizes a rigorous approach to guide business owners through their transition, and we work with your other advisors to coordinate all aspects of a successful exit plan. Visit us at bakertilly.com to see how we can help. Baker Tilly, now for tomorrow. You wouldn't go deep-sea fishing without a guide, or skydive without an instructor. So don't sell your business without a broker. Now is a great time to sell a business. Many are selling at a premium. Contact a business broker at sunbeltminnesota.com or call Sunbelt Business Advisors at 612-455-0880 and get a free confidential business valuation so you'll know what your business might be worth. Because selling your business is the biggest financial decision you may ever make. There is a record number of buyers looking for businesses right now. It is a seller's market. You could list, sell, and get more for your business now and start the next successful chapter of your life. Call 612-455-0880 today or visit sunbeltminnesota.com. Minnesota's largest seller of companies. 612-455-0880, sunbeltminnesota.com. Ladies and gentlemen, we are here today with Jamie Tates, who is the CEO and founder of Keystone Group International. Jamie, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. It's great having you here, and at long last, right? So, right. Yeah, we've been trying to put this together for a while. Snowstorms, <laughs> all sorts of stuff. That we've been I know. Trying. It was supposed to happen last December, and here we are finally. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, it's good to have you here. And, and the topic that we're going to be covering today is so timely, so it's probably meant to be that we're talking about it right now because... Right. Lots of business owners out there are talking about culture, and uh, and you actually help business owners with defining culture, right? And right. and talking about conscious culture, which is our topic for today. Yeah, awesome. Well, before we get into my burning questions for you, um, could you just share with us a little bit about yourself and your background, and kind of how you got to where you are today? Yeah, absolutely. I love the journey. Um, Hearing leaders' stories is really important for us to normalize kind of the twists and turns that our own stories make. Mm -hmm. Um, So I started my career at Cargill. I was actually an intern, uh, moved up to Minnesota for Cargill, uh, spent almost 13 years there, uh, really traveling globally, doing a lot of really great global transformation work, um, really large implementations of systems, and just saw the culture aspects, right, from a different perspective and the change management and Mm. how you make business growth happen and getting the people on board. So that's Mm. really my background. 
Um, I left Cargill and did a short stint at MoneyGram International here, so went from private to public, which was an interesting um, transition. Wow, I bet it was. After all those years. Mm -hmm. And then made the decision that I really wanted to take everything I'd learned and tailor it for the small and mid-market. Right, I knew that I had had gotten a lot of experience and a lot of things that would help small and mid-market businesses thrive. Mm-hmm. I grew up in a family business, and so I rode the roller coaster, as I say, yeah. of what that was like. Mm-hmm. And I just knew there had to be a better way. Right, they didn't have access to the same resources that Cargill did in terms of strategy, and That's the sh- yeah. but yet. There's, there was something that I wanted to do to help them, and it really felt more impactful for me. So that's a word you hear me use a lot is everything we do has to have impact. Absolutely. And that's what Keystone is really developed from. Mm-hmm. Well, I want to talk more about Keystone specifically um, later on mm-hmm. in the interview so we can talk about the services that you provide. But let's talk about that um, nebulous, intangible um, concept of building a culture like how do we bring that into a definition? Like, how do we how do we decide what our culture is and how to make it conscious? What right. does that look like? Well, and this is the issue with the word culture. I wish there was a better word. I could, like we've tried to come up with other words to call it because I think a lot of people are like, yeah, I know I need to care about it, but it is this nebulous thing mm-hmm. that you can just feel, and maybe your customers feel it or they don't, or you know, and and so so many leaders don't walk towards it because they can't make it tangible. Yes. And we actually created a simple definition that we share with all of our clients that our definition of culture is a positive culture is a place where people leave every day better than when they came in. Mm. And that can look different for different people. It can look different for different companies. But what happens in a lot of organizations when I share that that definition mm-hmm. and ask leaders and you know they pause because they know they aren't necessarily at that point, right? They know there's work to do, which there always is. Most organizations bring people in, whether their bucket's full or empty, right, from their personal lives, and we usually deplete them with lots of meetings, corporate politics, lack of trust with team members or their manager, Mm -hmm. and we send them home to their families, to our communities, to the soccer coaching, you know, things that they're doing in a worse state than when they came in. Mm-hmm. And I don't believe that's the intent of most businesses. I just think they don't know what they can do to control it, right, right. and really have an impact. Mm-hmm. And so it, we're not just talking about building that um, productive, um, you know, cohesive culture for the business. We're talking about the ripple effect of what happens in the lives of the employees when they leave a place of work that is you know, counterproductive to, right. to making them better people. And what, what I was just having this conversation yesterday with the business leader and what leaders don't understand is when I have a tough time at work, right. Or I'm not feeling supported and I leave and I go have happy hour with my friends. What do you think I'm saying about my work and my employer? Oh, absolutely. So you want to look at employment brand, Mm -hmm. right? Everyone's talking about the talent war and they can't find people and they can't, there you mm-hmm. go, right? Yeah. I mean, there are real business results that are coming from do, having a focus on culture and having a focus on strong leadership, which is really tied together. Yeah, for sure. Um, when we talk about this, though, we talk about the struggle of defining it. 
So why do you suppose companies struggle to define it? Because they can't break it down. And that's what we Mm. did. So in 2018, we created what we call our culture strategy intersect model. Mm. And I tell the story that I created it out of sheer frustration. Really? Because I was having so many conversations with really great companies, really great leaders that had a great business strategy. But their culture was what was holding them back. And they couldn't see it because they couldn't touch it and feel it. They didn't know how to break it down. And so I'd spent some time really breaking culture down to a set of factors that mm-hmm. we now put into this model to simplify it. And we have it to down to 20 factors, which seems like a lot, but they're, they're very intertwined. And the way we talk to business leaders is we have to care about all 20 in some way. Mm-hmm. We're probably good at some, and we're probably not good at others. Right. But what they don't understand is that When we're really good at some of them, but we're not good at others, we're detracting our return on investment from the things we're good at. Mm. So perfect example, we can be a really fun environment. And and you mentioned Darren Lynch, right? Darren was here. He has an amazing culture in Mm -hmm. his organization and he has a fun environment. But if companies try to just rely on that fun environment, which Darren doesn't, but there are a lot of companies that do. We do the twins game, right? We have a team barbecue. We do all these things. But if I come in every day and because I'm a high performer, more and more gets put on my plate because there's no accountability in the organization. Exactly. It doesn't matter how many fun things that we do. No. Top talent's not going to stay. No. Right? If you develop me because I'm an emerging leader and you put this great program together and you're really good at training those those next emerging leaders, but if I come in every day and I don't trust my leader, I'm not going to stay. So what we really talk to, uh, to business leaders about is it's the combination of the whole is we have to understand where we're at, what we're good at, keep doing what you're doing, but we have to understand where we're not as strong and we have to do something about that to increase the return on investment for everything that we're doing. So what would you say are some of the things that leaders should be thinking about right now when it comes to the business climate we're in? Because like you said, uh, we all know that it's it's tough. Like my guest last week, with, I think we talked about that. We were um, addressing recruiting and the issue mm-hmm. with the workforce, not just not just the shortage of the workforce out there, but the aging workforce inside, right. and succession planning for them too. Right. Right. Yeah. So so tell let's talk about the business culture right now and and what you think business owners should be thinking about. Well, the first and you talk about it in succession planning is is we have four generations in the workforce right now. I know we have not had this. Mm-hmm. Right. The generation Z. 23, 24 years old, and we've still got boomers that are going to be here for another 10 years. Right. So we are operating in a very complicated culture model in most of our organizations. And what works for one doesn't work for the other necessarily. (laughs) And that's what businesses are having to navigate. But they're also having to make choices as we can't be all things to all people. But that's where it comes down to leadership as the foundation. So there's cultural pieces that span the entire organization, but there's Mm -hmm. also department division pieces, right? That we have to think about. And the leader really controls that subculture as we would call it. Yes. And so the leader's got to stay really tuned in. And and we have a a strong belief that all leaders have a role in culture. This is not HR's problem to solve. Mm -hmm. HR can help facilitate it. Right. But a company right now needs to look at their leaders. Yes. They right? really Over do. the last 18 months, what have we seen in our leaders? Mm-hmm. Right? Are they as strong as we thought they were? Meaning, have we prepared them? Because nobody is born 
at that level. They have right. to learn. They have to do it wrong and say, I would handle that situation differently. But so many organizations are not training their leaders. They're not coaching them and mentoring them and saying, right. we need you to be here. And it's a whole different level of leadership, Yeah, which we call conscious leadership mm-hmm. that drives a conscious culture. That's really where that comes from. And, and conscious culture and leadership is just meaning that we have love, care, and respect for our people. Mm. Okay. Over yeah. over the business results because we know if we do that, that the business results are going to be there if we care for people. Mm-hmm. And using the word love right now, you know, in environments, it's become easier over the last year because I think people have really had to connect on a deeper level right. with their employees. Mm-hmm. But that's what we're here to do is to care for the people, and then they'll care for the business. I think when they know that they're that they're being cared for and that what they have to say matters. That's that's worth its weight in gold, way more than I think um, some business owners would would believe, um, because it maybe hadn't even occurred to them. Right. Right. Um, Owners are so busy and navigating so much right now. Uh, You know, they I I understand when when an owner is thinking, well, you know, I, I, I promoted this person to this position because they have so much experience. But that doesn't mean that that person actually has leadership ability, right? And they can't—you can't just expect them to become a leader when they haven't really been a leader in the past. They need to have some help and training. And when Amy was with me in the previous episode, we talked about the difference between being a leader and a manager. Right? Not the same thing, right? No. Yeah. And and people that are wired to be—you know—our best salesperson mm-hmm. is not necessarily our best sales manager. Oh heck nor no! Nor do they want to be. No. <laughs> And so that's the mistake that we make in mm-hmm. every organization that we work with has made that mistake to mm-hmm. put that person and they're miserable yeah. and the people underneath them are miserable because right. they're not in their strength space. Yeah. And that impacts the culture. Right. And so that's the biggest thing is just to be aware of where your leaders are at. Do they feel accountable to the culture they're creating mm-hmm. right? and having that positive impact on it? And where do we need to support them? Right. We can't expect them to know this if we haven't taught them. Right. what this looks like. And you made a good point about, you know, I have yet to meet a small and mid-sized business CEO that came up through HR or organizational effectiveness. It's just not right or wrong. It just, they typically come up through operations, finance, yes. sales, another area. Right. So they don't have the tools in their toolbox. Like they, they don't know what they don't know. Exactly. And that's what we experience. And so our job is just to open them up to the actual business results. And on our side, is the last five years, culture and business results, meaning financial results mm-hmm. in the marketplace, have been studied at a rate that for the previous 15, we didn't have some of this data. We now have data that proves that positive cultures, the one I described, you those companies outperform the S&P 500 index by three to four times. Isn't that something? Their customer retention and satisfaction rates are 30% higher. Right? Mm-hmm. So the data is there to prove the business results. Well, very interesting. Uh, we could probably be here a long time talking <laughs> about that because uh, I think that that rings true, or, or I, should I say um, that resonates, right, with the business owners out there who are listening because everyone is concerned about, you know, improving the bottom line. Right. Um, so how do we incorporate culture into business strategy? Right. We, we look at it as one thing. That's okay. really the biggest thing. So Culture's, it's an objective then. 
it, culture strategy intersect. Yeah. Is no longer are we in a place where your business strategy is here and, oh, yeah, we should think about culture as well. Mm-hmm. Because culture is an undertone to everything else we do. Right. So it doesn't mean, and this is a place you can start, is putting a culture goal on your business strategy, right? Mm-hmm. Some KPIs Something around business. it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's another piece of our model where we broke it down to these factors so we can actually measure them. Mm-hmm. Because that you need to be able to see. I, I equate it to an exercise workout or, you know, a weight loss, if you don't see results, at some point you're going to get bored with it, mm-hmm. right? Same thing with culture. That's why is we don't measure it, and so we let it go. We, we do it for a couple quarters, and then we lose sight of it. So what we recommend is looking at your true business strategy, you know, market penetration and new products and everything else you want to do, and look at it from a culture lens and say, how does culture need to support that? And what foundational elements do we need to be looking at to make these things happen, right, Mm -hmm. in the market that we want to make happen? But it's got to be a holistic view because we can have the best best strategy on the planet. And if we don't have a culture that can support it, we're not going to get the results we actually probably could get unless we focus on those components as well. So Mm -hmm. it's not one or the other. It's figuring out how to create the intersection of both. I think that when you're building that culture, you you gain... um the desire of the employee to want to Correct. versus having to, right? right, studies, And that's everything. That is everything. So studies prove that our employees, we get 40% of their potential productivity and brain yeah. power every yeah. day. Mm. You know, when I talk to business leaders and I do presentations and I look at them and say, that's like burning a pile of cash yeah. every day in your business. Right. You've got, you're talking about a talent war. And you're getting 40% of the people that you have today. What if we could take that to 60 or 80 because of our culture and because of how we're supporting and loving and caring for those people? Mm-hmm. Do we really need 10 more people that we're struggling to find or do we just need to harness the power of what we have today? And so that's the biggest mistake I see most business. Mm-hmm. And it's across the board is we solve for the pain. We solve for we need more people instead of we need to care for the people we already have. Yes, I agree with that 100%. And and I think that um, developing and caring for um, and offering opportunity to the people who are currently with you can take, sometimes you can take a C student to a B or an A student, right? Absolutely. Um, just by um, a few simple things. So when we talk about process then, mm-hmm. like the how, right? We've, we've set up why it's important. Now let's talk a little bit about how, and we'll talk specifically then about Keystone's um, process. Like how, how does this work? Yeah. So we, we have kind of two different phases to, to how we work with clients on the culture side is, is we bring that culture model in um, and we do a 90 day, what we call reset, right? Mm-hmm. So your culture is not broken in all areas. It's more of like where we need to really laser in and focus on the areas where it's not as strong. And most leaders, 99% of leaders, they can feel it, but they don't actually know, mm. right? When we ask them the question, they don't know where they're at in all these different areas. So we do a survey to all employees. We mm. do focus groups and interviews. Um, and then we bring our culture model in and we heat map. So if you think about 20 factors, we give them red, yellow, and green. We tell mm. them you're doing great here. Keep doing what you're doing. Yellow, there's probably some area for improvement. It might be small things that we need to adjust. Mm -hmm. Red is where we need to focus our energy because these are detracting from the good things that you're doing. Mm -hmm. So when we give them that heat map, then we take them through a series of kind of executive discussions to say, where do we want to focus? Because the answer is never on everything. 
Because it's not possible. Not possible. We allow them to pick three areas of focus mm-hmm. per year mm-hmm. because, number one, your people aren't going to believe you if you try to come across and say, we found all this out and we're going to try to fix it all in the next quarter. Like, it's not authentic. No. We want them to really be vulnerable and say, these are the three areas that we think are the most important and maybe most broken in our organization. And then we help them put the roadmap together. Mm -hmm. And that roadmap should feed right into, if they do EOS, it feeds right into that model. If they do some other strategic planning approach, it should feed right in. Mm -hmm. So that's the first phase. That's 90 days. We can get them to really good clarity around where they're at today because you need the baseline. Otherwise, how do you know if you've improved? Okay, that baseline is what most organizations are missing. Right. Then the second phase is going into that quarterly cadence, right? So mm. we're there as accountability partners to make sure you don't lose steam, that you don't get one quarter in and then focus on something else, which mm-hmm. oftentimes happens. Well, that's human nature. Correct. You know, we're going to go after the next fire that we have to put out. Right. And whatever it is that we said we were going to get done, we'll just have to wait till tomorrow. And that accountability piece is powerful for business leaders because they know they Mm -hmm. need someone to say, hey, we got to keep a focus on this. And it it helps Mm -hmm. make that forward progress. And then throughout each of those quarters, we're executing, we're measuring, and then we're improving, right? Did that Mm -hmm. work? Did it move the needle as much as we thought? Mm -hmm. Because it's got to be an iterative process. Cultures, you're never done. Yes. Right? Someone equated it to a golf game, right? I'm not a good golfer. But you're never done. You've never conquered and mastered the game of golf. There's always something more. There's something better you can do. Culture's the same way. Mm -hmm. And so we want to create that muscle for businesses so that they can continue that journey. And not to scare people, but typical culture transformation Mm -hmm. takes three years. Three years. That makes sense, You've got to be mentally committed to it to making the change happen. And I would think, too, that um, this is probably a foregone conclusion, but I'm going to say it anyway. That when you're building a culture like this, you definitely have to incorporate the values, oh. right? I mean, that they kind of go of hand in hand. one of our factors, yep. Yeah, yeah. And, and I think that when business owners can articulate what their values really are, it just helps them with decision-making across the board, large and small. Right, it's confidence. Right. Whether it's a business decision, a people decision, mm-hmm. those values are foundational. Absolutely. All right. Well, we've talked about process a little bit. We've talked about the 90-day reset. What are a couple of things that our listeners can do right away? You know, we always ask our guests to give us a couple of things, a couple action items. Yeah. So yeah. one thing, and I'm hoping you can include it in the show notes, is mm-hmm. we have a free downloadable. We give our culture model away just for everybody. We give it away. Right. We're a boutique firm. Mm -hmm. There's only so many businesses we're going to be able to help, but we want impact. Right. So we have a downloadable at our website, keystonegroupintl.com backslash culture PDF that has the model. Mm -hmm. It has questions to sit down with your team and talk through. It has a little short assessment for you guys to assess yourselves. Mm -hmm. And you can take this model and heat map it yourself. So that's my first thing is you have to have the dialogue, Mm -hmm. right? As a business owner, as the business leader, you've got to bring in your team. And it might not just be your executive team. It might be layers below that too. Mm -hmm. Have some conversations to say, what is it really like, right? Not from my vantage point, but from the vantage point of the employees um, and start to get that awareness. That's the first step is you've got to be aware that there's, there's room for improvement. 
And then once you have that, it's figuring out how culture feeds in with those factors and how it supports your business strategy and putting some really clear goals or objectives together that that move you forward. Yeah. And that's like you said before, that's how um, progress is made. And that's what gives people the impetus to keep going. Right. Right. Because they've seen results. And that's the biggest thing with, I think, why people struggle with cultures. There's a lot of culture books out there. Yes. But they're theoretical. Yes. And they're too high level. And culture is a customized thing for every business. Just it'd be like me writing a book on values and saying, here's the five values your business Mm -hmm. is supposed to adhere to. Mm -hmm. It doesn't work that way. Each business is different. Well, plus you're, you're changing out employees every now and then, right? And the people have to be part of that culture and they kind of make the culture. So that is, you know, one of the ways that culture can, can change. All right. So we will definitely add that PDF to the show notes so that people can download it. Yeah. Um, Anything else? Well, the other thing I would add based on what you do is what we are seeing, right, when when businesses are looking to sell, looking mm-hmm. to ex- exit, there is an increased lens on culture right now. Yes. Because it is a risk. Mm-hmm. So if someone, if you are at that point, right, which is what you do and help people, is that culture factor has to be in there. And we're talking private equity. They are looking at this. Yeah. We're coming in and helping them look at it for mm-hmm. companies they're considering buying. So. It's just the awareness that you can't avoid it, right? It it is something that people are starting to pay attention to. Yeah, there's no doubt that it affects enterprise value. I mean, when you think about uh, the importance of culture, you're talking about your people, and the intangibles are what create the enterprise value more than anything. The people, the brand, right? The quality, the reputation, all of those things. And that all um, comes out of a good culture. Yes. Yeah, so, Gervie. Well, uh, this has been great. And thank you so much for finally getting to join me on the show, Jamie. Um, For our listeners, as usual, this episode will be available for download on the Poised for Exit website. That's poisedforexit.com, where you can also get a copy of my book, Poised for Exit. Please do share this with your business owner, friends, and colleagues, and advisors. We really appreciate you following us and subscribing. We'll talk to you next time.